You know what? Let me change the subject a little bit from what you guys are saying. I took the other night, I got four people, no, five people together, all of whom are over 60, and sat, we looked at the front page of the New York Times on an iPad 3 and an iPad 2. And let me tell you, those 60-year-old eyes didn't much care about the retina display. And you guys, now you're talking about this stuff. Well, you're always going to have video. You always have your video files and your audio files that are always going to insist that they're better humans than you because they hear things you don't. It's such BS. It's such a higher than thou thing to do. Please. July 11th, 2012. This is episode 16 of Yats. It's yet another tech show at yetanothertechshow.com. Check us out every week on Wednesdays, of course. My name is Matt Lee. Joining me tonight, we have Ant Pruitt. What's up, Ant? Gentlemen, what's going on? Sweet Aunt. 16. Sweet 16. And hey, what's what's this show brought to you by this evening, Ant? Speaking of Sweet well, 16. Right, well, right now, this show is just brought to us by the hard heads of Ant Pruitt. And we, you... uh, we're we're launching a new feature where we got to donate uh, to the show button on the website, and it'll give you a chance to be a, a quote unquote sponsor of our show. You know, so if you want to put a buck in there, five bucks in there, what have you, um, hey, and put it in there, stick a note in there. If you want to say, hey, I love Matt Lee because he has the coolest <laughs> hair, we will announce that in your name and have it all over the airwaves. Hey, and. Okay? I wasn't yeah. talking about shameless plug. I was talking about what you're drinking. But anyway, we also have Larry Press. Larry Press back from vacation. We're all back from vacation. What's up, Larry? Hey, man. I think the one thing I have to add to that is I really like Ant's hair a lot better than yours. Nothing personal. Yeah, I'm, I actually, I'm getting a haircut Friday. It's going to look just like his. We're going to. And we got Mike Rothman. How you doing, Mike? Evening, guys. I'm here just to balance out the gray hairs along with Larry. <laughs> the gray hairs. The gray hairs versus the kids the again new. tonight. That's fantastic. Wisdom versus impetuous youth. So did you guys all have a, a good fourth? We took the week off first time in, since we started the show 16 episodes ago. Not not too bad. Anybody, nobody's, you got all, all your hands, all your fingers, everybody's good? We, we did fireworks. We did barbecue. We did family. That's how it goes. Oh, my gosh. It's the 4th of July. I think my liver and my colon are not happy with me, but I'm still kicking. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a ton. A, I mean, a literal ton of just awesome tech stuff happening since we've last spoke. Uh, I don't even know where to start. Uh, let's start in space, I suppose, just to get these uh, out of the way real quick. Uh, Hubble, they discovered a new moon orbiting Pluto. I thought that was kind of cool. I've been watching all of these uh, space hangouts that the Astronomy Cast uh, people put on. and I think they were featured at Google I.O., if you guys are familiar with that. But pretty interesting. It's so small. 
And hey, uh, is the, is that a result of some recent improvements made to to Hubble? They were up there improving the electronics, I think. Possibly, it it just maybe is also that they're they're just looking at it more. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, it's a big sky out there. It's hard to look at the whole thing. Yeah, especially now that Pluto's not a planet. You know, nobody. How, how many more moons do they need to find before it once again becomes a planet? I don't think that's what determines it. That's just one since of the many. A, since it's not a planet, is it still called Pluto, or is it just called a, a, a mass? It's Pluto, the that dwarf <laughs> icy <laughs> object. I think this supposed new moon is just a consolation prize for not being a planet anymore. Yeah. <laughs> not a planet, but you got a moon. That's right. <laughs> and in, in the case that humans ever make it out there, we'll be sure to stop by and mine it for all of its water. Thanks, Pluto. <laughs> Did you guys watch the transit of Venus across the sun? Yeah, we talked about that on the show. We were Here it was all rainy, so we watched it online on the Space Hangout, actually. And then... Uh, yeah, I saw a little bit of that from Matt's um, Google Plus stream. I do remember seeing that. This being California, we were blanketed with safety warnings about not looking at the at the sun during the, this uh, transit. Do you feel like that's that's something that needs to be reiterated? I like, hey guys, just in case you forgot, <laughs> don't look up too long. You know, if the if the population is just too too thick in California, too high in California, you just tell them all to look at the sun and see what happens. It's good for your eyes. That burning <laughs> sensation means it's working. It's like LASIK. <laughs> just like it. So, uh, I'm sorry, I, I'm not usually that crude. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. You can borrow some of mine. Uh, Larry, you posted something about the Higgs boson being... Do we have a definitive yes, or is this the delta? No, what it is, it's what in physics I I learned this this week. It's the radius. Yeah. They can the definition of a discovery is if the statistical evidence is such that it's kind of five standard deviations uh, from the, the sigmas, so, right? The five sigmas. Five sigmas. They say yeah. So that what they're saying is it's extremely unlikely that what they observed was observed by chance. If in fact you know that if it, by chance given that. Uh, you that 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 would have occurred by chance without the existence of the Higgs boson. So yes, they think they've in that sense by definition they've discovered it. And if, if actually there's there's another definition of that. The, 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 I, the way I read it was the only thing less less probable of happening is the comeback of Rim. I read that. Very, yeah. very true. Very true. Yeah. This this Higgs boat that you so know, I, I'm torn by these conflicting emotions. On the one hand, awe and wonder and uh, uh, rejoicing at this discovery, and on the other hand, having no real reason, no real understanding why it's called the God particle. Does that bug you guys? Because it it kind of rubs me the wrong way. I'd say. I there. I think the reason that okay, my understanding is purely metaphorical. I have absolutely no knowledge of, of uh, physics, but it it is the particle. As other particles move through this Higgs field, it, the 
it, that is what gives them mass. Like all part, these particles are massless, so they should just be zipping around at the speed of light. And right, well, in in higher energy particles, so it, it's the father of of mass, if you will. In high energy particle physics, they when they study a lot of these particles, there, you know, you have that uncertainty that you can know the the speed, the momentum, but not where it's at, or you can know where it's at, but not how fast. And I think with with how the quantum stuff all happens, and it, it's so crazy. Like if you read some of the uh, like um, I don't know quantum physics books, <laughs> like I have there. If if they don't have mass like that, it kind of makes more sense that they would be able to do that. And if they're getting their mass from this field or this other particle, that's you know, it kind of makes more sense that way. I thought that. Yeah, that's what they say that mass arises from interaction with this Higgs field. Right, and this is so in our. It's the God particle because it's the 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 cause of mass. In the but standard model, this is supposed to be like one of the last pieces of it, isn't it? Of what they've predicted so far of what they should be finding. And every time they look, they find what they've been predicting. So this was what I understood to be the last kind of piece to that. My understanding is that this really confirms that, that the theories that they believe in are on the right track. But that it opens up a zillion more questions now and things for them to pursue. It probably would have been more interesting if they wouldn't have found it, because that means that something's off, which might lead to different discoveries. But since they did, also interesting. A number of physicists said, oh, wow, it's really cool they found it. But if they hadn't, it would have been even more fun, because then we would have had to throw out this whole theory we've been operating on and and, uh, do something else. You know, the other thing that I flashed on in those blog posts that that you referred to is kind of the human side of it. like it was cool. They the I don't know if you did you guys watch the video of the announcement? I did. Yes. Yeah. And at one point Higgs himself, like he takes off his glasses and wipes a tear away. I mean he was really moved. Well yeah. could you oh, imagine it was like, like a football game, man? It was it was like it wasn't like a scientific meeting. It was like a very emotional event. Well imagine though, this is something these guys have been putting pretty much their whole lives into, yeah. you know, pursuing and to finally see it. I mean, a lot of those guys didn't think they were gonna see it but in their lifetimes. You know, they weren't really until this, you know, the 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 collider yeah. got built and then they were just like, that. We might find it now and then they do. Like that's that's gotta be crazy just to Yeah, I, I saw an interview of Higgs afterwards and he said just what you said man he said wow i'm so glad they found it during my lifetime i didn't think they would uh so he was really moved by it that was cool i I didn't know much about it and again i have no idea about physics other than you know if something is moving you know it's in motion and it tends to stay in motion that's 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 probably something one of the hard heads could have told me but (laughs) That video in the post that you had on the new domain, Larry, the one by PBS, man, it really broke it down into just layman Aunt Pruitt terms, you know, and it was was really, really worth watching and checking out, you know. Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, I agree, that was informative. And I'm like you, that's about how much I understand, just metaphorically, you know. Yeah. It's a a really inspiring story, isn't it? Also, I think really interesting to see this happening at CERN in Europe, R- rather than uh, rather than in the United States. We kind of got out of this mm-hmm. business of funding research in this field and left it to the Europeans, and they've really uh, 
they've really demonstrated uh, that they've uh, they they found it. Do you remember we we had one scheduled to be built, I think, in yeah. Texas, and we canceled it, and yeah. they shut down Fermi Lab now. Um, Right. Is it do, does I I like that things like this kind of bring education and science to the masses that maybe normally wouldn't see it or be a part of it or even hear about it because this was pretty widely broadcast even on mainstream media not just in you know nerdy tech circles. Where is that collider located? In Gen- yeah, outside Geneva? Geneva. Yeah, it, it crosses the border in, into both France and and Switzerland. So it's it, it is in two countries too, but near I Geneva, mean, that, like Geneva, right? Is you drive out of Geneva and you're into France. I mean that machine alone just blows my mind. The fact that it's taking something so small and, and ramming them together, you know. For hey, Ant, when we on the show notes at yetanothertexture.com, we should be sure to put that picture there, that um the collider as art photography. I thought that was a really cool picture. All the wires and the cabling and just looking at the, yeah. like we made that. I mean, not us, but like us humans, like Man. we, we yeah. made that, you know, Man that's figure this stuff out. Yeah. Man. That's crazy. Insane. And it's you not, guys saw the, you guys saw the thing that Gina posted on, uh, the Higgs uh, bison? <laughs> yeah, the bison. No, okay, that was over there on my website. And there, and I've got a bunch of photographs there, too. It is an inspiring creation of humanity. Uh, yeah. Even if it didn't find the Higgs boson, just to build that damn machine. I would love to For tour real? it yeah. sometime. We should all take a Yats field trip and take a tour of it. Uh, hey, there you I'm go. down. I'm down. And speaking yeah, of, yeah. hey, guys, speaking of a new domain, today seven eleven one two. It was exactly a year ago today when we launched, all of us collectively, the first version of a new domain.net. So happy mm-hmm. birthday and... Very cool. Check out the new version of the The new version of the site, version two, looking pretty good. It is quite nice. Quite nice. So let's uh, let's talk some more actual tech news. You guys saw the Google Nexus Seven. Uh, everybody, everything I'm reading now is, I mean, it's it's basically saying head to head Kindle Fire completely destroys it, and it it kind of seems like yeah, like it came out a while ago. Shouldn't the newest device always destroy the oldest? And I get the price point and everything, and and the processing power. I just feel like if a Kindle Fire would have been made now, they would have had a Tegra 3 or Access 2, and maybe they didn't back then for the price. And uh, Overall, though, cool tablet. I would love to get my hands on one. Any of you pre-order or order one yet? Ant? I have my fingers crossed for Nexus 7, but um, I'm actually um, been told I'm going to have a Kindle Fire donated to me, so I'm looking forward to getting my hands on that, especially now that there's been... Um, People in the the hacking community that's that's getting ICS on a Kindle Fire, you know, wasn't Jelly well Bean getting, as well as Jelly Bean? Yeah, yeah. I, was, I thought Are you I were talking about getting an old one or or the next one when they come out. No, uh, getting an old one that's that's already been released. Not unless Amazon sponsors this show and gives us all free ones. <laughs> right. Hello, yeah. Amazon. Thanks. <laughs> Get the hard hats on that. <laughs> but so let's if if you think about it, Amazon, they built their own framework piece by piece, the the Amazon store and movies and music and this and that and Google Play Store, we're seeing a convergence of movies, books. I mean, they pretty much 
if you were to buy one or the other based on the offerings of the platform that supports it, they're pretty much equal. I mean, unless I'm not an avid Amazon user. So maybe if you were already tied into that ecosystem, you would go that way. I, I don't know. You, Larry, you use Amazon. That's understanding, Matt, is the people that are prime users, they swear by Amazon Prime. I'm not a prime user, but whenever I'm going shopping for something, which is, you know, every blue moon, um, I'm checking out Newegg.com and Amazon.com, usually in that order. God, I sound so horrible. I just don't find myself buying things online like that. I don't know. I don't think I've ever bought anything from Amazon. Really? I've bought a ton of stuff from Amazon, and I'm a... I just don't want to wait, I guess. And and I have a feeling that sometimes when stuff breaks, I'd rather just roll down to the store and grab a new one than have to mess with shipping and all that stuff. But I I don't know. I'm, I've never one used thing, it. I'll say Amazon, if you do return something, which I've done once, it's incredibly easy and smooth and it's no questions asked. And they you, know, you print out the label and you just drop it off the UPS store. Yeah, Not only that, they send the new one out before they get the old one back, which... And the thing I hear people say a lot is that stuff online is cheaper, but even on Newegg, like I always go to Newegg first when I need computer parts and stuff, and I look at the price, and then I go to this place here that's local called Radioactive, and they're always at that price or a little cheaper, and I'm getting it right now. So I guess I've just never had the the need well to. see you're lucky matt because in my area that's not the case you well know, and like I'm we have best buy online. we have well, the i mean big... we have best buy we have the box stores but there's also local computer joints here too that have um you know just hardware radio shop-esque um, right, right stores you know but their price points they still have their margins to cover they don't compete and I always right, wondered so. how the shop here does that. I always thought it was a front for like money laundering or something. I don't know because they are. <laughs> I was anything like RAM, hard drives. I mean, I built this bare bones set we're recording on from that place, and it was cheaper than anything I found online. You know, there's another factor: is Amazon right now in California is not charging sales tax. Well, and I live in Montana where there is no sales tax, so that didn't really affect. Really? But yeah. yeah oh yeah, stink. But that's going to make a big difference. I think our sales tax is eight and a half percent, isn't it? Nine and a half. Well, in the Bay Area, it's nine and a half percent. When I left California about fifteen years ago, it was like seven or eight percent, and on the rise. <laughs> I think maybe nine and three quarters percent. Now the web is alive with rumors of a Kindle Fire version two. And that's what I was going to ask you guys is now with the new upgrades and processor, it'll be the new one and the Google Nexus 7 will be kind of older. Do you think that will push them over the edge? Mike? I'll tell you what I think, and that is I think that Amazon, if they know anything, they know marketing, and they've done a very nice job of marketing uh, the Kindle brand and the fire and i suspect they're going to continue to pump the kindle fire and it's you know the subsequent releases of it on the other hand i don't get the feeling that google knows how to market its products very well so i think they'll release the the nexus which looks like a great tablet i'll probably buy one i'm really interested to see it but i think commercial the, the commercially su- successful tablet is more apt to be the next version of the Kindle. Well, and in the past, what have we seen Google do? They usually tend to tap into their existing user base using their search front page for a minute or 
any of their other portals that are like, hey, do you need a new tablet? Use Google yeah. Mobile Chrome on your new tablet. Or, you know, and they, they yeah. get it yeah. in front of eyeballs. But above and beyond the internet, you don't see them really... I mean, for an advertising company, you don't see them advertising like, you know, the normal stores would. And they're yeah, still new it. at it. They're still new, so... You know, and I, they're going up against a marketing behemoth. Yeah. And, you know, I have to, it comes down to, to me, not the device, because what Matt says is true. They're going to leapfrog each other for the next few years, and maybe then it'll settle out, or maybe it won't. But it's going to be the whole shopping and store experience. And not just, like, we were talking before about buying stuff like disk drives and cameras. But the big, or a major driver is buying media. And, you know, what kind of movies does the selection of movies and the price of movies and TV episodes and, and documentaries and stuff, that's going to be in, in the long run more important to me. The devices are going to all be fine for buying and consuming media. Um, so, Larry, what, totally what does a third party then like a Netflix do? I mean, they win on both sides, right? Assuming their app works well on both devices. They want to be on all these platforms, including Microsoft, which we nobody talks about. But that tablet will come out. And Microsoft may be the, the living room sleeper, but who knows? But at any rate, Netflix has to be everywhere. You know, let me tell you, like I'm a like Mike. I'm an Amazon Prime user, and also a cord cutter. So we've my wife, especially, she likes to watch TV episodes on Amazon um, Prime or on Amazon. And the prime ones, the kind of crappy ones, are free. But the current ones, it's a dollar ninety nine in, you know, two ninety nine in HD or a dollar ninety nine to watch one TV program. Uh, it seems to me Google should be able to do better than that. And, it, and also, why are all TV programs one ninety nine and two ninety nine? Maybe some should be seventy nine cents. So to me, if Google does a cool marketing pricing and marketing thing, they've got a chance to really get in on Amazon. Uh, or at least crack Amazon's pricing structure. What do you think it takes to get someone that's already deep in the ecosystem to move besides a great experience and a good device? Like, can is there anything else they can do to kind Price of... Price and availability. I'll, okay, that's like what it is, right? Netflix. If I can see something... I'm a Netflix subscriber, and it's a, I forget, 8 or $9 flat rate, no matter how much you watch. If, I, if something's on both Netflix and Amazon... And it costs me two bucks on Amazon, and it's free on Netflix. I'll watch it on. I don't care which which I'm on. I just care. Uh, I don't care what device I'm using, and I don't care which store I go to. I guess I care more about selection and price. I use Netflix as my fallback and as my storage for archive because I don't want to burn my hard drive space on all keeping all of the episodes of everything I'm watching. So I delete it all on based on the assumption that Netflix will eventually have it and I'll be able to once again, watch it whenever I want, but they don't, but they don't have the new stuff, which is why you've got to go elsewhere. You know, I think Amazon has an advantage because Google is sort of geared around, and this is just my opinion. They're just geared around a lot of the, 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 geeks of the of the community you know amazon right. has damn near everybody amazon is about like walmart you got all of these people out here with the kindle fire but you also have all these people out here with with the kindle you know that particular 
group of people, all they're worried about is how can I get my e-reader and what kind of experience I'm going to get. So with they're that. they're bridging de they're bridging demographics, and you're kind of saying that everyone, all Amazon users or all geeks are Amazon users, but not all Amazon users are geeks. So they Correct. have the most. Correct. I I think Ant is on to something important, and that is the user experience. And I actually think that Microsoft is uh, going to come from behind by delivering a really um, superior user experience on its new Surface tablet. Uh, I, I think that what I'm hearing, what I'm gathering, is that Microsoft is assembling the media deals, and the delivery platforms to make all of that come together smoothly, easily, and in an attractive package so that when you're sitting there on the couch or your, your wife or your daughter or whoever it is is sitting there on the couch wanting to watch something or listen to music, it's all right there. That's kind of seems what the queue was trying to do, having the, that social music sharing experience if they would have focused more broadly on all media. I mean, I guess you can do the YouTube and, and stuff like that and things you buy from their store. But I'm now let me ask, the... let me ask you this real quick. If you're saying the good experience on, on the device and everything, what if there was a Kindle fire ROM that you could put on your, any Android tablet, whatever, I, I don't see people wanting to go that route unless they're, you know, not not geeks. They want that good experience like what Apple does. You know, here's how it is and that's it. Why are you guys – I don't get the focus on the hardware. Like, okay, the media consumption it's in It's not just house, the hardware. It's, it, it's the media everything. consumption in my house is mostly uh, using a Roku box on a TV set. Right. And I could care less whether I get the media from the Amazon store or from Netflix or from anybody else. All I care is what's available and what it costs. And see, I think most of the – that's why I think Amazon folks are going to win because they have sort of that mentality like you. Can I get this right now? Can I get it from from John or can I get it from Joe? And more than likely, they're going to be able to get it from Amazon. Is Amazon it most... has all of these different deals and and, and and, and connections with different uh, studios and so forth that Google doesn't have yet. Right. I hear you, man, but the thing is this. If I go to Amazon and it's $1.99 and I pop over to Netflix and it's included in my subscription, well, yeah, yeah. Microsoft and it's $0.98, cents, I mean, yeah. that's, gonna, that's all I care. Yeah, true. As long as it's the same bits, I don't care where I get you're, it. You're so going <laughs> to shop around like that for the first few weeks and then you're going to establish some viewing patterns, and you're going to choose your platform and stick with it. Is I can tell you, I, we've had this Roku box. We've been on Roku boxes for about a year. And I can tell you, we, I mean, the main thing we watch is Netflix and Amazon. And yeah, it's yeah. probably 50-50. It, it's... And the kids, the little grandchildren, they know how to navigate. It's not a... It's a really trivial thing to navigate. You just pick one logo or another, and and you're in that store. Touch the pretty pictures. It, and, and at some point, Roku's going to have something where you just go to the Roku Meta app and you say, where's the cheapest place that I can see the latest episode of Mad Men or something, and it'll find it for you. Not that you're trying to plug Amazon, but what is the um, the prime rates, bro? Because uh, 
I've thought about it because I see so much when I do my little um, TV movie app on Google TV and it queries just random stuff for me and recommends a lot of random stuff. And it's always a mix between stuff that's on Netflix versus stuff that's on um, Amazon. And sometimes it surprises me to see, wow, that's on Amazon Prime, you know, but I'm not a I'm not a prime member. What What is the rates on that? If you don't mind share. I believe it's 79 a year. OK. Yeah. But I'm not 100%. And that means that you get any physical stuff you buy from Amazon, they ship it, I don't know, super fast. Yeah. Uh, plus, you get a bunch of free media. and But there's still a bunch of, the, like Nat was saying, the new shows you have to pay up two bucks a show for. And, and, and you now get one loaner book. Uh, uh, That's right. One, one loaner book. Uh, Right. Uh, soft book a, a month. So Justin Fenn, Light Ten in the chat says, "What about an Amazon phone?" Now we we have the new Kindle coming out, the, uh, probably the new Fire. Would a phone complement that and be the complete? Would that be like having the Galaxy Nexus and the Transformer Prime? Is that is that it? Do you guys see them doing that, Mike? I really don't. You know, I'm I just don't know what <clears throat> is in it for Amazon. I don't think they can it, sell anything. To get into the phone making and manufacturing and distribution business. Um, what if they have someone else make it and they just do yeah. their thing to it? Would they do that? Yeah, let, let, them buy, let them buy RIM. I mean, are they manufacturing the Kindle Fire themselves? They can buy RIM. Yeah, let them buy RIM. They, they can rename RIM, you know, Amazon RIM or something. They might as well buy HP's computer division while they're at it. If and they any, want it, they let them have it. And no, I like to assume they had a cell phone. It would be a flop because they can't they can't sell uh, um, DVDs to the phone, you know, unless it's a, a specific phone that allow people to watch media on it. But the know? more of that stuff they sell, the less they have to. And isn't the overhead higher on having to deal with DVDs and physical media? What if you make a move to complete? just streaming cloud stuff because all of your customers now have these devices. You cut your overhead by a bunch, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, isn't that what Netflix did? They don't, they're not, are you guys still getting DVDs in the mail? Yes. I actually do get two Blu-rays a month. Oh, nice. Blu-rays. I forgot about (laughs) Blu-rays. I do get two Blu-rays a month because you just can't beat that 1080p dadgummit. Blu-rays are always those eight or nine gig downloads that I'm like, nope, <laughs> give me the other one. <laughs> I take the step down from that. Looks just as good. No, you know that, bro. It, uh-uh, on this me, screen, I've, yeah, I've done it does. that too. I've done that too, man. You I got, need I got, you know, at least a gigs. fifty inch to really notice the difference. On this thirty inch, it's just fine. Oh no, you, know that, you don't know what my encodes look like. Screw you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know what? Let me change the subject a little bit from what you guys are saying. I took the other night, I got four people, no, five people together, all of whom are over 60, and sat, we looked at the front page of the New York Times on an iPad 3 and an iPad 2. And let me tell you, those 60-year-old eyes didn't much care about the retina display. And you guys, now you're talking about this stuff. Uh, well, you're always going to have video. You always have your video files and your audio files that are always going to insist that they're better humans than you because they hear things you don't. It's such BS. It's such a no. higher than thou thing to do. 
I got to tell you, because I, I, I see this on a day-to-day -day basis myself. All right. First of all, that whole retina display thing, I agree with you, Larry. It's pretty, but it wasn't enough to make me want to flop the money on it, on that iPad. Mm -hmm. But I know what my old DLP back here in Chateau Ghetto will show versus what these newer, um, smaller LCDs will show. And you put 720 on one of those newer machines versus the 1080 on mine, I got bad eyes, and I can see a big difference. And on you it. only have like five more years of enjoying a retina display left, so you better get one. <laughs> I mean, the prime age for that. Get one while you can still tell the difference. That's what I'm saying, right? I'm holding for 4K. 4K is what I want, cuz. Yeah. <laughs> it's like looking at the sun. Yeah. It'll, it'll only take you three days to download a movie when you get that 4K thing going. I will be waiting with popcorn at my side. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see who comes groveling to who's Google Plus asking nicely for one of those half-size beautiful rips of yours. We'll see. Hey, hey, you know, Larry, I, I want to see some some blind testing of exactly yeah. that proposition, and and I, I want to put it up against some. Uh, some young, healthy eyes, mm -hmm. uh, and, and just see how, you know, how truly discernible in a in a blind test. You know what we could do is use we could use Samsung devices, right? Because no one can't tell the difference. No, come on. <laughs> anyway, moving on. <laughs> Time to move on. Did you guys see this uh, in New York City? They're taking a lot of those old, or they're going to. This is a plan that they announced on the 11th today. They're going to take a bunch of old, antiquated uh, coin-op phones. What are those things called? Payphones? They're going to take those, and they're going to turn them into free, unlimited Wi-Fi hotspots. And I think it's awesome that New York City is giving its people free unlimited wi-fi when my cell carrier is trying to just take away my unlimited that is brilliant man so That's in a brilliant. in a day and age where all of our unlimited is getting ripped from our hands you know new york city's like here just use these it's fine you know about five years ago verizon was doing that in new york city for free you had a verizon account now you had to be a verizon subscriber but the pay phones were all wi-fi uh hotspots how long until somebody just plants a big old fat man in the middle right there and just starts sucking up information? Doesn't take much. Hop on the closest the hop. I've seen to that here in Carolinas is AT&T had these hot spots all over the place. But like Larry said, you had to be a particular subscriber to be able to access that for free. Yeah, I, I worked on a project this is a, like at least five years ago. Um in uh, Hermosa Beach, California, which is a small beach down near here. And w the plan was the mayor at the time was really hot for putting Wi-Fi through the whole city. And we covered the downtown area. And then the city council uh, got the cable company got, came in and talked the city council into finishing the project, out of finishing the project. I mean, it was just pure uh, local politics. It was very discouraging. Sad. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I understand that uh, the, the eventual deployment of real 4G equipment is going to sort of obsolete uh, Wi-Fi hotspots because you're going to have much broader coverage from 4G cell sites. 
at speeds faster than Wi-Fi can muster. We just got LTE turned on here a few days ago. It was actually a day after I put the new Jelly Bean ROM on my Galaxy Nexus. And they're only giving, I guess it's in test mode still, but they're, we're getting about 10 megabits up and down, which is compared to the basic 256 DSL 3G we were getting, like that's way faster. And it, I mentioned this on AOTA last night, but on a phone like the Galaxy Nexus or any dual core phone, having that fast connection really makes the overall experience of the phone much more smooth. It, you don't really notice it. I mean, we didn't have... 4g here for the longest time until just now so you go from something that slow and used to how it lags and how it glitches and then it's it's night and day difference i I was really my experience with the htc 1x too man yeah Uh, yeah and you're on lte there or uh yeah i'm on uh at&t's version of it is that hspa hspa Uh, hspa plus yeah good stuff what do they call this thing here uh whatever their marketing name for it is but the, plus. it it is amazingly fast when your reference of standard is a iphone 3gs uh, oh i bet yeah and i'm jealous of all of you guys i still don't have a, a 4g phone and and I keep hearing about all of these, just even like the uptime on it, but not the uptime, the upload times, upload speeds on it. Yeah, it matches the down, which is weird because you're we're so ingrained and used to getting almost as much as we want. I mean, cable, you can get 30, 40, 50 megabits down, but the up is what they're like, well, here's five and <laughs> yeah, you know we're going to monitor it. it. Yeah, like <laughs> it, it's really refreshing to see. Even though Verizon trying to, you know, say you can only use a gig of this for 50 bucks, <laughs> but it's going to be really fast for that, that gig, and it's going to be up and down. We don't care. The network doesn't care. Mike, back to what you said, though. Like, when you're at home, you use Wi-Fi, don't you? You know, I, I've accepting that uh, I'm worried about uh, data caps on AT&T. Yeah, the right, the right. Uh, AT&T LTE service is every bit as fast as my Wi-Fi. Right. But isn't it a matter of, like, you know, how many people are using it and how reach? It, it's not either or. It seems to me that there's going to be a lot of both. Uh, it's just how, you, how much last-mile bandwidth, wireless bandwidth, you can get installed in the country. You know, I'm sure you're right. I'm sure there are engineering... Uh, subtleties to the deployment of these services that are going to have to be figured out. Uh, so, like so, yeah. It seems like Matt's seeing really fast speed when he's the only guy in Montana using it. But, you know, it's it's a matter of covering the whole world and having enough capacity, enough backhaul capacity when tons of people get on it to have it stay fast. Well, not even that, but also the environment. I mean, try layering a network out here in northwest Montana where you have trees and mountains and stuff in the way. You know, you have to pretty much go from mountaintop to mountaintop or as high up as you can get to blanket it. I do notice I get a way stronger signal when I am on 4G. I don't have it out here at my house. I'm about five miles out of town. But for the whole area, the whole valley, it pretty much covers it. And when you have the signal, it's it's really strong. But yeah, I mean, 10 megabits isn't fast in the scheme of how fast LTE should be going. I mean, that thing caps out at like 30 or 40, doesn't it? So 10 in testing mode, I, I'm blown away because of what I came from. But in the scheme of LTE, it should be much faster. And hopefully it will be once. Now, once when ITU done. first defined 
uh, fourth generation, I think they were talking about 100 megabits per second. Well, are you talking now so that they can support more users? Now we get in the discussion of advertised or actual standard because 4G standard is way different from what 4G advertised branding is, you know. On the Google platform, I'm sorry, on the Android platform, what uh, speed test program do you guys like? Speedtest.net? You know it. That guy actually lives here. (laughs) I should invite him on the show sometime, yeah. The guy that uh, created that whole site, uh, Mike something. Yeah, he's put in a water softener at his house. (laughs) Anyway. And that is an app that loads on the Android? Yeah, just uh, search for speed test. Got it. Got it. So uh, we were talking about RIM earlier. Uh, Ant, you put something kind of interesting in the chat or in the doc about their... Is there going to be a class action board suing a couple CEOs here? Or what, what's what's going on? Is this well, it's, it? it? It's it's speculating that he could have that happen to him, and it's nice to see that. I, I guess the PR folks got into his ear and said, "Hey, you going around trying to be all happy go lucky about how great our company is doing when we're totally." thinking it up right now right because they were and, uh, saying that's withholding i forget how they phrased it but that's you not telling your shareholders everything and apparently that's yeah. illegal or telling them hey everything's fine while you're transferring money to your swiss bank yeah. accounts in the bag you know <laughs> You and know, that, it, that and technically is since, ever since they dropped their two CEOs and brought this guy on, he's really been just the jolly rim is going to do their thing. Rim is going to make a comeback, you know, but yet the playbook is unexistent. Blackberry. Well, they've uh, had OS delays. 10, delay. Yeah, everything is delayed. Blackberry OS 10 is still. So they really have nothing waiting on that. They, yeah, they, they got nothing to stand on. Nothing they got at all, all these handsets in the pipe, but. Nobody believes in him as oh, wait. and he's all optimistic and so forth. And then he, he gets this report. Like I said, I believe it may have been a PR guy that came to him and said, hey, um, be careful what you say, because everybody knows our plot, our stock is just plummeting right now. And you going around saying everything as well could end up biting us in the butt even more. Let's not yeah. overlook the new BlackBerry that's coming to Verizon for 50 bucks. I mean, that could save them. You don't know. And at my calculations, you only have to sell about, oh, I don't know, three billion of them, but sure. Come on, man. Shoot for the stars. Who are you selling it to? What I'm saying is that don't want it. What I'm saying is, though, that's the only thing they have coming out is a fit like they have. That's a subsidized price, though. It's not $50 to them. Yeah, it's well, subsidized. Uh, but either way, though, Larry, nobody wants a BlackBerry curve, man. Nobody wants nobody. a BlackBerry anything unless it's to put Android on it. That's, I mean, from what I've yeah. seen. I mean, have you guys recently played with the BlackBerry OS? No. Or, you know, no. just the BlackBerry device in general? No. I, I, I have. For a couple of years. And when I people have. ask you know, me they questions. Have that torch. You know, they have that BlackBerry torch out, and, and I know someone that has the. Um, I think it's another curve version, and it has the updated OS on it. But my, the gosh, last one man. I touched was a Storm, and from that point on, whenever someone asks me to help them with their phone, and I see it's a BlackBerry, I just completely play dumb. I'm like, I, 
I can't help you. I mean, I'm not no. lying. I, I nobody can help you at this point. I mean, here here we are in an age where they're they're super strong on their enterprise level, far as offering the security with mail transport and so forth. But man, those devices they're just not cut. Well, and like look said, at I've played with at least two different devices here recently, and. In the back of my mind, I'm like, how in the world are you using this thing? It is strictly for phone calls. It is such a slow OS and sluggish. It, it, it's, you, you can move on. Go get you a $50 droid that's from last year, and it's going to run way better than this BlackBerry that you have. I think the problem is, though, they do have some strong points. I mean, they were the number one for end-to-end encrypted messaging until they started putting servers in state-run governments and saying, here's the keys, you know. But <laughs> right. all that aside, like, that stuff was really secure. And I feel yeah. like... They should be focusing and maybe even like working more on it and adding new features to that already secure platform and maybe trying to bill it as that rather than focusing on all this stuff that they're so late to the game and no one even cares. The other problem, though, Matt, um, you know, I'm not going to spit out numbers, but they're pretty daggum expensive to run that server. Now, granted, they run the uh, BlackBerry Lite. Um, what was it called? BS Server Lite. They do offer that, but you lose a couple of the different hooks and, and, and features that the standard BlackBerry Enterprise service runs. So all they have and to do then is just rent some Amazon server space. <laughs> It'd be done. Wait, Cut no, your costs. we're not going to do that because th- this is storm season right now, so Uh-oh. we're not going to do that either. Speaking of storms <laughs> and Pruitt, you pun oh, master. <laughs> Aunt Pruitt pun master over here. <laughs> but no, I mean, even like where I work at during the day, we're we're probably going to just decommission our BES server because number one, we don't have enough users on it. And number two, it, it costs a jack load of money to have those licenses, you know. Well, and, and there has to be those licenses, you know, and, and, and granted you you getting the security um, with AES and so forth, that, that warm and fuzzy feeling with that. But it's just not enough return on investment, you know? Well, and that's, what's the number where it it makes sense that, like, how many, I'm curious, how many users you have to have in order to make how much you're paying for all of that infrastructure to be worth it? Like, you, you probably have to have a good amount of people using it. Otherwise, it's just not worth it. Bring your own device, you know? In my eyes, yeah, you better have a couple hundred people. At least, right? You're going to pay all of those. Yeah, if you're going to pay for all of those licenses, you better have a couple hundred, not just a hundred. Right. You know what I mean? It's just not worth it. You know? Or I mean, people yes, have them nice and they be just... Able to, it's, it's nice to be able to remote wipe things in a, in a, in a second and, and, and deactivate devices and so forth but still man it's just and just give it time we'll get there eventually with with apple ios with android with windows phone maybe i don't know i'm thinking android would have a better a better chance at it um i can't remember the last thing that i read on it but it seemed like apple was pissing a lot of the enterprise off uh probably should have said that word um, hey, we're all adults here. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you can say they, um, in, in, their, in the recent meeting or conference that they had, they pretty much told the enterprise, look, this is what, we're, what we got to offer for you as far as an enterprise package and security. And 
you're going to have to deal with it one way or another. You know, and of course, a lot of the different enterprise um, figureheads are saying, um, no, we'll pass on that. Yeah, you know? we're good, thanks. <laughs> but Microsoft won't have that attitude, will they? Microsoft I don't know where is they stand on it. They're going to need to have the whatever attitude people that are going to buy it will want because they really need to do well with this, I think. Yeah, but the enterprise they're not going to be uh, They need to cater. Hey, we're the guys. I think it's over for for rim. So who buys it? Does anybody buy it because it would be so cheap to purchase? Like would Mike would it be in Microsoft's bench, best interest to pick that up and incorporate some of that hardened awesome security that Rim did into theirs and thus giving Microsoft the edge in mobile uh, enterprise secure security? No, they're done. I mean BlackBerry <laughs> Nobody... phones are going to end up being the second tier phones on your Boost mobile network. Watch. The burner phones. That's it. You want a yeah, burner smartphone? It. Here's a BlackBerry, fifty bucks. <laughs> this will be the phone. This will be the phone the pimps are using that they can throw away when they get nabbed by the cops. That's it. Damn, <laughs> I think you're right, man. <laughs> that's that's the end of it. Well, that's, a good, that's a pretty viable niche market, though. Yeah. It is. It's a it billion is. dollar industry, man. You have no idea. <laughs> Going back to the (laughs) sex cells. Drug dealers, pimps, and terrorists. (laughs) So Rim just they just need to do a complete rebranding and go to the dark side and say, Hey, check this out. They got a big market there. Talking about that, I, I heard today on a podcast, I think, some I don't remember which one. That Ethiopia has made it against the law to use Skype. Oh yeah, wow. I, I read about that. Yeah, geez. Wow. And just, I mean, we're used to you know having freedom and and everything, but are aren't our people there? I mean, are they just like okay because they've been living that way for so long? It's not like if they tried to do that to us, going from two, one extreme to the other, you know, we'd be all what? No way. But those people, I don't know. It didn't. Not sure we would. I, I can imagine a future in which one of our presidents said, "Ooh, to fight terrorism, we got to ban encryption." And then we a would lot just of people use people would say, "Yeah, you're right. You're right." You're right. Then we just use CryptoCat. <laughs> Have you ever played with CryptoCat? Yeah. It's a it's a Google Chrome. It's in the Chrome store. Just uh, search for CryptoCat. It's a end to end encrypted chat. Pretty neat. Right. Ooh, easy, really, easy setup. Pretty off the reality, but if the government decided they didn't, I mean, it's easy enough to say, "Oh, that traffic's encrypted. Go get the guy." I mean, it doesn't matter whether it's Skype or and Skype just make or you Skype. disappear just like that anyway. Yeah, you're you're probably right. I mean, your your rendition. I mean, either way you look at it, you go hide. Well, that's a that's a sort of dark look at the future. I don't know. I you you you. I'd sure want to hope that there are still uh, freedoms uh, left uh, in the world to uh, prevent that sort of thing. Yeah. No, it would be a hard sell, even. But in Ethiopia, some, some, it's some, a lot. some future generation of the uh, Patriot Act will uh, sneak That's that in on us. Yeah. Any of you. Not. Uh, speaking yeah. about security and everything, we got a couple more stories before we get out of here. Any of you guys use Microsoft Gadgets? It was a feature included in Vista probably one of the first features you turn off when you do a fresh install of Vista. I think it's in 7. I never see it anymore. 
Um, hey, uh, let's, that, let's I don't know what Vista for. is. Vista? <laughs> Vista was one of those uh, releases that suffers the Microsoft curse of every other. Hasta la vista, baby. <laughs> Pretty much. But yeah. Seven has some of Vista's, let's say, nasty habits, and apparently uh, there's a really nasty uh, vulnerability in gadgets that could run code, of course, and as you. Uh, so you infect a, a gadget, someone installs it, there you go, pwned. So Patch Tuesday came along, they fixed that, which is probably just turning it off. Like, you guys weren't using this anyway, right? Nah, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, and you put an interesting story in about Facebook wanting to be our online bank. Would you trust Facebook with your money? <laughs> As I said in the notes, part of me was like, what the heck? And then another part was like, okay, it's, this might be pretty pretty smart. Well, because what's you the know? main problem with online banking? Isn't it authentication? Authentication is always where it breaks down, if, if at all. And so if Facebook right. knows who you are, I mean, they kind of have the authentication side down. If... Hold on. If I can find the quote from the uh, chairman or whatever he was of Facebook, you know, it, it, it really tripped me out because it says um, there something s- to the effect of there are certain hey, things, whether we it's- don't want other we don't want everybody in our friends. We don't want all of our friends to know what we're doing as far as banking, you know, but isn't Facebook pretty, pretty wide open on, on certain aspects of it in the streams? And, well, is this something then, they would have default, like, share to public? I think, you know, I would hope that know, it but, would be opt-in. But think about it. How many of the Facebook users are that savvy to, to, to look at what they're, what they're sharing out on the stream? But that's what I'm know? saying. If Facebook <laughs> took your money into its system, it would have to make all of that stuff private by default rather than how they like to do things. We're keeping it open first and saying, if you can find the setting, then you can make it private. Well, Although, no otherwise, no one will use it. Setting. Otherwise, that's no tough. one uses it, you know? No, in Facebook, they'd start out private. With, and and uh, a year or two later, they'd, then, they'd do this little update right. to privacy yeah. settings and make it. And then a month public. later, apologize. and Exactly. Wait, I laughed like heck when I saw it, you know. But but again, part of it, it, it seems brilliant. If, if you're able to have the secure connection between the people that you are friends with, you know, the first thing that came to my mind was Venmo and PayPal and just sending – you know, I made a bet on the, 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 the New York Jets to, to win against so-and-so last week, and I lost to my buddy. You know, if I can send that securely through Facebook to my buddy to pay off my bet, you know, that's, that's pretty, pretty slick. But, again, on the other side, this is the same company that, that launched their IPO and had some questionable transactions and in, in <laughs> items going on right then and there. Good point. I don't know if I want to trust them with my little $5. I'll know? help them launder some money. That's cool. Here's five bucks. <laughs> it's fine. Is that, are they talking about sort of becoming a PayPal competitor? I'm, Pretty, well, yeah. I don't know if it's a competitor, but it, it's more so just within their own ecosystem, you know? Well, here uh, it, it says it, that the company sees itself as a channel where users supply content with Facebook acting solely as the conduit. Um, so... Maybe it would that just, like it's the smart. platform, right? That's, it says it's the platform and a partnership company. 
That sounds more like a store where you can where they'll process transactions, no? You know, but then right, and then on the other hand, you can have someone that's wanting to sell their home theater system because they're getting ready to upgrade. That opens up sell a it whole. To your, yeah, yeah. Sell it to your friends on Facebook and let Facebook handle all of the the, the cash flow on it and get you your money and get the devices over to the to the people that you're selling it to. You know that. I can sort of see that. So but what again, is it's just what are they offering above and beyond? Why why aren't you doing that through PayPal anyway? Like why what's gonna what are they gonna offer that's gonna make you want to be like ooh like Farmville credits? I mean I don't I don't see at this well, point we're so used to using and almost everybody that's doing something online is using PayPal already. Unless, yeah. Are they going to partner with PayPal? Would that make sense? Well, that's the whole thing in this article from CNN. It, it, this is all beta talks. Um, well, yeah, they this didn't really is all. They get into a lot of details, you know, other than that they have this relationship with an Australian bank, you know, that honestly right now, who over here in America gives a crap about what they got going on with an Australian bank? We have you know, Australian listeners. over here? We have Australian in- listeners. Are any of them loyal three bankers? Hello, down under. Um, no, I, I just don't know where it's going to go over here, you know, but again, because right now the public eye could be particularly shaky with Facebook far as well. And check this out. The, the guy, the guy, David Robinson, he, he was in a crowded room of bankers and he asked them, it was a securities industries and financial markets association seminar. Uh, and he says, I want to be able to go in and have an experience with my advisor or my bank and have that be a one-on-one experience. So is is that what Facebook is going to offer? I'm going to with I'm going to Skype through Facebook to my banker and be like buy and sell or I I I don't I don't know. I, I got to tell you man, I'm going to sound like the biggest Facebook cynic, but if I got some 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 issues that I want to holler at my banker about, I'm going to his office and I'm pounding on his desk. I'm going to his oh. Twitter account and I'm sending a direct message. And, and I'm staying out of your way. You know, this will not be something I'm doing over an internet channel. You know, this is this is something serious. Is this a secure that, line? That's just me. You know, are we I, secure to talk? I noticed I, I you gave know. me Monopoly Maybe. money when I made my withdrawal. <laughs> this is not good. This is yeah, not I'm, good. I'm looking forward to seeing my, my Facebook uh, paste on my wall that Aunt Pruitt just bounced a check. <laughs> <laughs> no more betting for this guy. We're about oh, to have man. an intervention. <laughs> it's time for an intervention. And do, do not accept any payments from this guy. Yeah. Also known as the Welcher on the bets. <laughs> and we've known you for a long time, and we've been watching you just mentally decline. Uh, and we, we're here to put a stop to it. You need help. <laughs> I'm serious, man. That whole thing, part oh. of it is, is pretty slick, and then another part is straight up, what the hell like are they thinking? Uh, PR testing the water thing. I mean, it's from what I'm gathering, I don't get a picture of what it even is. Well, and this says here too that Facebook declined to comment specifically on the banking push, but it's clearly communicating to the banking community that Facebook hopes other financial institutions will follow. Uh, The hope is that by creating private experiences on social media's normally very public channel, banks can better engage customers, not to mention drive more traffic to Facebook. 
because they need more traffic, right? Uh, and open the doors to other avenues where the company can monetize its platform. Does this give Facebook a monetization model, maybe? I, I don't I don't know. I personally think Facebook feel like his user base is, is not quite as sharp and will fall for stuff like this because of the craze of things like Farmville. Right. They said if I put in 100 bucks, I get 200 Facebook credits. Yay! Yeah. I mean, and people are going nuts over that stuff, man. I can buy food and pay my rent in Facebook credits. I don't give a, I don't care. That's, I'm fine then. (laughs) As long as I get my rent paid on Tuesday. Jeez. Oh, man. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens with, with all that. Please don't sue me, Facebook. (laughs) Maybe the RIM CEO can go start a Facebook bank when he's dead. (laughs) I am not satisfied. Happy talk is over. <laughs> All right. Well, that's about an hour. Is there anything else we really wanted to talk about? Steve Ballmer, he said, I will not be out innovated by Apple in five years ago. I mean, good, Steve. Good. Yeah, good, good, good. He's, that was in response to that Vanity Fair article that came out this month. Uh, Tell us about it. Microsoft had you know, lost a decade. I don't know. Who are it's you not running from? That Microsoft's finished. Who are they running from? Microsoft has an operating system on every computer on the freaking planet. Like, what are they? I mean, keep going with that, you know? We need an operating system. We're not all using Chromebooks yet. Well, well Microsoft is lost. And, and, uh, but don't you, my, uh, yeah. Aunt, you pay a lot of attention to media. Is it, don't they have a chance to really become the, the kind of. Not game thing, but the whole media center, the, the top box. Is this the time we see Microsoft pivot? Or if they don't they, pivot, then they're done? They have the potential with just with the Xbox. You know, um, my only problem is, based on my own personal experience, okay, I do not own an Xbox, um, but my kids, they do have one. And, for example, Netflix, we know that that's the service that you pay for each month, Okay. But you you realize that Netflix app does not work unless you pay for your Xbox Live. Yeah. You know something something's wrong there. You, you know they figure out that model there. Something's they got the potential to be able to tap into more of the multimedia aspect just with that Xbox alone because it's a great piece of hardware that's got all kinds of cap- capability. You know, but I don't think that's their biggest focus. I think their biggest focus is on enterprise and trying to be innovative on that standpoint. But just how innovative can you be with a spreadsheet? Is it just you know? me yeah, or yeah. is it just me or does it seem like Microsoft is trying to like bust their way in like a bull in a china shop into this whole mobile game? Like they're not being graceful about it at all. They're like, "Here's this and this and we will not be out innovative." It just Man, seems Honestly, I think that's what they have to do. Yeah. That's what they have is right that now. turning people off from it though? I mean, we'll see when the, the actual devices come out and how they actually work. But yeah, potentially it could. But I mean, they they have to make some kind of noise right now. They need somebody talking about. But is it. that the right place to be making noise in? I I think they should focus this, on this. Them. This next six months to a year is going to be huge for Microsoft, and they're either going to see it all come together, or or maybe they they do eventually have some trouble. 
I mean, right now there's such a huge cash cow that they're they're doing just fine, thank you. What yeah. they've lost in the last decade is mind share. And what we and talked what about to, what they're trying to regain now through it, their various uh, tablet initiative and Windows 8 and the rest of it is uh, is some buzz. And but if, also, if the buzz doesn't come the next year or so, I'm. I don't know. They also have a lot of licensing deals with a lot of these Android uh, manufacturers. So it almost, maybe they don't even care if this fails because they'll be making five bucks on every Android device we buy. Oh, that's right. I mean, they're inking deals left and right. We, we talked about it on AOTA, the more specifics of it. But yeah, they they have quite a portfolio of money coming in, it seems. That's Good right. money, but zero mind share. And right. I'm, yeah. I'm still with Mike. A, a year from now, it'll be really interesting to see where Microsoft, like Apple TV, hasn't taken over the world. Google TV, I know, Aunt, nothing personal, but no, no, it hasn't taken over the world. I didn't take first from taking over the world. Like, but know, what's preventing people. that? But, isn't it the media companies? World, it's the deals. I think it's, it's the, the yeah. it's the deals. It's not the hardware. And there's going to be a new Xbox, right? Isn't it? Yes, it is. Uh, yeah. So, so how Microsoft long could really make a big splash with a bunch of media deals, good pricing, not the kind of crap Matt, uh, Matt was just talking about, but, you know, undercut Amazon's prices, undercut uh, Apple prices. You know, there's That's still a wide open market, it seems to me, and nobody's taken it over yet. And it's a huge thing. How long until a governing body steps in and deals with the MPA and RIA and says you have to make deals with all of them because this is going nowhere and this is ridiculous? And that'll happen the day they quit paying lobbyists. Now. Yeah, I know, huh? <laughs> that'll happen the day where you can use your Skype phone in, in Ethiopia. <laughs> True to that. Uh, all right. Did you want to mention the Tour de France and your little process there? Or you want to save that for next week? We got a, uh, a minute if you want. Way. I'm watching it streaming. I paid twenty nine dollars just upfront money, uh, and I I like it a lot. And what was that on your Roku? I'm watching. No, I'm watching it on my Windows PC. Oh, just right off the internet. Right off the internet. And, and who was that through? Did you actually pay the company or? I paid NBC. And oh, I okay. guess NBC pays some money to the Twitter. For, I don't know how their deal is. No, I paid NBC 29 bucks, and it gives me access to everything streaming. And as of yesterday, I, I uh, put it into a, a document and looked at the number of lines. 733 archived videos. Anything from full stage videos to two, you know, two minute interviews and highlight films. It almost sounds like what Google's wanting to do at the Olympics. Just everywhere that there's a camera, they're going to be recording it and streaming. Well, NBC, it. I've already. Was that uh, live though, Larry? You were watching it live. Absolutely, you can watch. You watch it live, and the and minute the, the live is finished, it's archived. Nice. And it's and there's just I love it, man. I'm I'm I mean, there's a there are some. It's not perfect. The bandwidth is up and down. I, I tried to, uh, uh, NBC PR said they put me in touch with an engineer to tell me what's going on with that. Uh, so it's not perfect, but man, it's, uh, I'm, I'm totally pleased with it. You know, my alternative would be to have a cable TV subscription, which I don't know how much they cost, 
But I'm sure one month of cable TV would be the whole thing I paid for this. And then cancel it when the race is over and then get it again when the next race is, yeah, and then cancel it. That'd be my cancel. I don't think, will they let you do that? Just subscribe. I don't know. <laughs> that'd be interesting. I would do I, it I just really to bug it. them. <laughs> and coming up next month, NBC is going to totally stream the Olympics. Every that, that was my question to you, Larry. I, I'm curious about the Olympics. Isn't that Google doing it? I thought this Google is, said that they were streaming all of that stuff everywhere. There was a camera. They were streaming. Google? Is That's what I thought I read. Google's doing For free? Stream? Hangouts? I don't know. Well, I'd like to know if it's free. And I can tell you the deal with the Olympics, though. And you're... You, I was telling Mike this before we went on the air. I, should go, I say Larry, it, go. Huh? Can I say it, Mike? Say it, say <laughs> You're my lawyer, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The deal is this. In order to get the stream, and I don't know if it'll be this, I don't know, maybe it'll be the same coverage that I'm quite pleased with as the Tour de France. They say it's going to be 24-7 streaming every event. Uh, you you get it for free. You don't have to pay them twenty nine bucks. That's the good news. The bad news is you have to be a subscriber to uh, CNB. A couple of CNBC. Or, you have to be a cable subscriber, basically. Okay. You have to be in a cable tier that includes their CNBC. Okay. So if you're not, uh, well, I'll I'll go halfway to what I told Mike. Just find a friend that is that doesn't care. Because uh, all you do, you go to this site and they ask you for your account name and stuff like account number on CNBC. They check to see if it qualifies, and if it does, you get access for free. And, okay, one more, I guess let's go for it. The Olympics, you can get either an iPhone app or a, a uh, Android or iPad app or a web app. Or not web app, but web access. But in oh, the case, the Tour de France, they're sold completely separately. It's twenty nine bucks over the web, and if you want to look at it on your tablet, it's another twenty nine bucks. Totally independent. And so it it is Google teaming up with NBC okay. to deliver this uh, coverage. Involved in this? Yeah, Google. And what they're saying is NBC could be the victim of its own success if an unexpected number of viewers overwhelms Google's capabilities. To deliver the consistent streaming, NBC is contracted with a number of undisclosed backup vendors to ensure that the streams will continue should bandwidth be a problem. So Google's going to be the infrastructure supplier. Yep. I mean, they can, right. they've can. they been yeah, doing it yeah, with here's, here's pretty big... Here's a slight piece of irony. Try watching what I just said about, okay, I'm a subscriber now to the Tour de France. So I thought, cool, I'll watch it on my Google TV. No. Nope. Yeah. So well, you will with this. Watch the Olympics on my Google TV. They said that NBC's planning more than a thousand hours of coverage. Yeah. So should be interesting. Yeah. That's a lot of Tour de France. Well, Well, I think I'm about to subscribe to Play On and be able to watch this stuff on my Google TV because Play On has a big partnership with a lot of these different. studios and so forth you know even i've been able to watch hulu on my google tv and and the world knows well i shouldn't say the world knows this the google community knows that hulu has been blocked on google tv but if you install play on tv on your internal lan and network or network um your google tv can see play on and go ahead and, and 
pull up those specific channels and allow you to watch all of that content, whether you're a Hulu Plus or just a regular Hulu guy, just as I am. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, well, play that's... on, player. Play yeah. on. But wait till you, you got to get uh, the Tour de France for me. How can you? I don't <laughs> understand. You, got, you only got about two a week or so to do it. I don't weekend. understand how you can sit there and watch people ride bicycles. Like, go outside and ride your bike, dude. I do. Trust me. Okay, let me let me ask you, Matt, because you see now we're going off tech. Matt, have you ridden a bike? Yeah, mountain bike to work all the time. So you mountain bike? It's 10 miles. I do trails. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. So you know what it's like to climb a mountain hill. Yeah, for sure. And I know I definitely don't want to be sitting on the TV watching that. Like that. Man, it's a a whole different appreciation. You know, it's about like me watching golf. A lot of folks can't stand to watch golf, but I can watch golf on TV because I know how hard it is to freaking knock the hell out it's of that because you're ball drinking whiskey yards. shut up you're what? drinking whiskey you're whiskey drunk i'm not drunk yet <laughs> all right well we're done with this show so go get drunk whiskey drunk on the res all right thanks guys it's been a pleasure every wednesday right. like i said the start of the show yet another techshow.com slash live you can catch the live shows there we got reruns for the week previous for the week, and then they moved to a YouTube playlist where all of our tech shows are. Uh, follow the Twitter, Facebook page, Google+, all that stuff so you know when we go live and flip the feed on. And we'll catch you guys next week. Yep, another tech show. Check us out online at yetanothertechshow.com.